Welcome to Talking Events, the event industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News. If you've got questions and comments regarding the podcast, please tweet us at Talking Events. Um, the podcast is being recorded again at the IBID offices in Richmond, southwest London. Thanks to uh, the team at IBID for hosting us for, uh, for a couple of days here. Um, today's podcast, we're going to be looking at data, data integration, data management, um, management systems, CRM systems. Um, joining the podcast today, uh, Martin Westock from Scribe. Martin, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Uh, and Steve McKenzie, Vice President, Global Channels at eTouches. Steve, thanks for coming in and, uh, and joining us on the podcast today. My pleasure. Um, let's look at the subject of, of, of data integration, first of all. Um, a number of different platforms available now to event organisers um, as, as technology continues to evolve, more and more options are out there for them to, uh, to manage their data, to help market their events. Um, all of this containing sensitive and important information. Um, Martin, let's come to you first because Scribe essentially specialises in, in data integration. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the issues that are facing organizers and people who are managing data now and, and some of the issues that, that come with trying to integrate different platforms. Sure. So I, I think the important thing here is to know that you know, we're, we're really talking about customer data here and potential customers. And if we're doing events, there's a lot of information coming in from the events on, on who they are, what they like um, as they sign up. And all that information can go into a platform and you want to move it into different systems as well so you can give the rest of the organization uh, the same visibility as into what's what was happening at those events what interesting information did we capture so that we can actually take action on that and uh, and steve from your position at e-touches in in the services that you provide um, where does the integration of data from from other platforms that perhaps may have been previously used by an organizer come into play with your systems yeah, it's an, it's important to um, to understand that a lot of these organisers um, have got some legacy systems in place, uh, and as they move to cloud-based software, um, they don't want to lose um, that valuable data they have and the the interaction they need through through other areas. I think you know we've we've moved on from the day of the the one system will do everything for everybody. Um, people are realising that that's not the case. You just simply can't have a system that does all that. Um, so they're looking at best of breed systems. Um, and especially these days in the cloud platforms, and they want those systems to talk to each other effortlessly. So um, that's the challenge that faces us um, as a software developer to make sure we make that happen. Uh, and what, what the client's demanding in, in, in 2015 from, from a, a data point of view, how that's managed and, um, and what you guys deliver on their behalf? Sure. Well, events is just one part of the, uh, the business that they're doing typically, and it's one piece of the, the marketing um, equation. So they want the event information to flow back into, uh, usually into some sort of central repository, whether it's a, a CRM so that they can um, understand their clients more and understand what their behavior is. Um, of course, linking that through to their marketing automation systems um, and, and then also their financial systems. They want to they get that, that 360 degree view of their client um, as well as being able to um, get away from duplication of entry. And, and, and forgive me if, it, if, if this is showing any ignorance at all, but can we get too bogged down in data? Is it important to, to, to make sure that we are capturing enough data to, to analyse properly what we want to analyse without getting caught up too much in facts, figures, information and ones and zeros? Yeah, totally. Um, it's, you know, one of the things that, that we often say to our clients is, um, you know, you want to integrate X system with, with eTouches, um, what do you want to do with that data? And, and they say, oh, we just need it there. And well, you have to ask the question, why? 
And I'm sure Martin's got some views on that too. Yeah, I think definitely if, if we're looking at that data, there's definitely data that is specific to events that can just reside in the event system. Uh, but there is also shared data across the systems. Like if you look at names and addresses and those kinds of details are usually shared across multiple systems. Uh, where, for, for example, um, which session they attended might not be relevant in, in other systems. Uh, so that's, that's really where we see a split. And that's important to figure out what works for your organization and, and what visibility do you need. When, we, when we're talking about cross-channel integration, um, we're no longer really talking about CR, just CRM systems and, and a marketing event or managing the, the process of delivering the event. Um, before we started recording uh, today's episode, Martin, we were talking about how we can actually now integrate with many other social media platforms and, and, and pull information from a number of different sources. Yeah, so, so that's definitely also one of the things we do. Uh, for example, we connect to Twitter where we can actually uh, browse the, the tweets that are coming in and figure out which are the ones that actually have the hashtag for the event. And we can connect that and, and store that data as well. So after the event, we actually know who was tweeting about the event, uh, which gives us an opportunity to reach out to them again uh, but of course, through uh, the social media channel. Uh, so that's, that's really data that you can capture and integrate uh, into different systems as well. And I think to take that a step further, um, from a meeting planner's perspective, um, being able to, to understand more about what the, the person who's at the event's interested in, um, not just from a, taking the sessions they go to, but, but collecting all of that, that social media information, the, um, and maybe the sessions um, that they, um, you know, they've commented about um, and, and maybe ex exhibitors they've visited, taking all that information so you really understand the, the pieces of the event that are important or the, 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 the items at the event that are being, or the topics that are being um, portrayed to them, they're the ones that, you know, that they can, you can really get that information to understand what, what those guys are interested in. And that's very valuable information when it comes to uh, marketing further to those people. I, I'm always curious to know when I'm talking to, to tech companies or people providing a, you know, a very, very specific and very, very highly qualified level of, of digital service um, to event organisers. Um, you, you, organisers will come to a company like eTouches because of your expertise and your ability to deliver certain elements. How much, though, of their input drives the new developments that you guys are sourcing or are you pushing stuff out onto organizers and, and then asking them if this is relevant to them? No, it's, a, it's a good question because um, there's got to be a combination of both. Uh, E-Touch you know, started actually as a meeting planning company. We were, we were um, running events for a living and we couldn't find a solution that, that was written to talk the language of a planner. It was all coming from a technical aspect, as you say, being pushed, pushed at us. Um, so we ended up writing our own software internally and used that for about three or four years until some of our clients who we were running events for asked if they could actually utilize our software because we'd built into it things that, that planners wanted. Um, and so we've, we've taken that to now, where we've, this has been nine years now, so we've been developing it um, ex for, for the external clients. Um, and we're always taking, taking in the, the requests they have um, to make the product better. Of course, we have our own you know, grand vision and our strategic roadmap, but that's always going to be added to by, by our clients. And, and um, you know, the stuff that they want is usually very, very topical, and it changes as, as their, their, their needs and the way they're delivering events change. So we have to be flexible with it. Just putting you on the spot a little bit, but are there any examples that you can think of where you, you can remember an organiser you know, specifically coming to you and saying, look, we have this issue, this is what we would like to do, what can you do yeah, for yeah. us? Yeah, it happens all the time. Um, you know, we deal a lot with, with large enterprise clients um, 
And as I was saying earlier, one, one solution just doesn't fit everybody. You know, you, everyone's going to have the nuances of, of the way they do things. So, for example, a client um, who, who came to us recently, um, they, they had a, a very big need for payment plans, uh, which we have in the software. But they, they have a huge volume of payment plans where people are paying some, some money now and then another, another piece maybe three months down the track. Um, they needed that process automated um, because that's such a volume. So they said, look, we want to utilize the software. We need this. What can you do? Um, and we looked at that. That makes absolute sense to all of our clients that they, you know, who do large volume of, of payment plans that want to do that. So we um, actually built some integration with one of the, the payment gateways to provide that. Um, and now that's available for everybody. How, how has the, um, the level of access that people now require dictated a, a change in the services that you provide? And, and when I say the level of access, I mean in terms of um, Scribe was founded in, in 1995, I understand. And that would have been before mobile devices um, and smartphones and tablets and, and laptops and, and connectivity pretty much 24-7. Um, so how has people's demand to access information very, very quickly in a device in their pocket changed how you deliver your own services? So I think uh, the way we're looking at it is we offer it online, but the nice thing about a data integration platform is that you don't really see it doing anything, um, especially if you're an event planner. Uh, this is something you won't see happening. It'll be just someone set up the integration for you. You can actually uh, see that data moving back and forth between the systems, but you won't even see our system as an event planner. And that's what we like to be. We like to be in the background to make sure that the integrations run smoothly uh, so that eTouches can actually uh, sell that as added value, that they have that connectivity to different platforms. So we're just uh, the, the silent machine in the background. Yeah, the, the, I think the integrations are one of those things that they work best when you don't know they're working. Um, exactly. It's, it's, um, you know, most of the people running events are not technical people, and they shouldn't be. Their, their job is to, is to put on the best event they possibly can and give a great experience. So you know, it's up to companies like Scribe and ourselves to to make sure that we can deliver that, that technical aspect to them without them having to jump through hoops and understand all the technical know-how. But your, your point though, James, on the, um, on the way things have changed, absolutely. You know, um, if you told me five years ago that people would want to register for an event via their mobile phone, I would have said you were crazy. Um, why would you want to have, you know, look at a registration form on a, on a three-inch screen? Um, it's, it's not going not gonna to happen. But obviously these days with the whole um, responsive design and everything else, um, a lot of people are registering for events on the tube, coming home from work, whatever they're doing. Um, they, they, they want and they need to be able to do that from a mobile device. So that absolutely changes the way we do things. Um, a slight shift, but in terms of, of maintaining data and security of data, um, this is something that crops up in, in a number of different walks of life now. And again, because there is so much data held digitally via devices, and whether that be bank accounts or, or social media accounts or any sort of personal information, um, I, I'm curious to know that about the, the level of security and what the event industry is doing at the moment to make sure that all of this data that it's generating is, is being kept secure and being kept safe. Um, RefTech, um, I'm just referencing a piece of information here, has just achieved information security standard ISO IEC 27001-2013, a certification that confirms the company's data security policies and procedures. Um, is this something that, that you guys are, are aware of or how do you approach the issue of data security? Yeah, it's um, it, it's a, it's a, certainly a, a major um, issue and a <clears throat> a big piece of, of what a lot of the 
uh, the companies are looking for when, they, when they're uh, selecting a system, especially a cloud-based system, a system they don't have with the data directly in their office. Um, so at eTouches, we go to great lengths to, to make sure we, we maintain a, a secure system as possible. Um, being hosted, we're hosted with Amazon Web Services, which is the largest hosting provider in the world, um, and we follow all of their standard um, SLAs um, and all of their um, security protocols and so on. In addition to that, we have, um, with the, the taking of payments online, like um, uh, credit card payments for mm -hmm. events and so on, we're, we're PCI, which is the payment card industry um, accreditation, PCI level one, which is the, the most stringent you can have. It's an externally audited pr uh, process, and it happens every year. It uh, costs a lot of money, but it's, um, and it's not just making sure the software stores that information right. It's all about the way we employ people, the background checks we do, the, um, who has access to, to certain things, uh, the way we file information internally. So th there's a huge amount of that sort of stuff going on under the covers that the client doesn't even know about. Uh, but to give them peace of mind, we have obviously all the documentation um, should their, their folks need to know what goes on. And, and you may or may not be able to answer this, but is it, with so many providers of, of digital services for event organisers now available, uh, are they all taking a very, very stringent stance on, on this? Or, or is there a, a spectrum of definitely a spectrum. suppliers out there? Yeah, definitely a spectrum, I would say. Um, you know, the, the major players, absolutely, it's a, it's a critical part of their infrastructure. Um, and I'm sure Martin sees this with um, a lot of the integrations. You know, there's some companies um, have the, the infrastructure to do it, some don't. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like that. There's, there's a broad spectrum of, of companies doing it right. And, you know, we have people doing not so right. And, uh, what, what, should, sorry, what should an organizer be asking, for example? Um, you know, what, what, if they're out there and you've got a, 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 an organizer who's fairly new to the industry or has come to a company, they've been tasked with finding a CRM system or, or some sort of technology provider, what questions could they be asking? Certainly, I think one of the first things I would ask as a planner is um, if my data is not being stored in my office, which obviously with most cloud-based systems it's not, um, who owns that data? Is it you know what are you, what are you doing with that data? And and the answer should be that you as the planner own the data. The the companies that are um, that are providing the service, um, unless specifically uh, dictated in their in their terms and agreement, um, they should not be you know having that data. That belongs to the to the um, to the planner. And and otherwise you know you can all sorts of issues with privacy and everything else. Mm -hmm. So that would be the first question I'd ask. Yeah, and this is of course also where where. Is exactly is the data being hosted? Uh, that's also a good question, I guess. Uh, you can really figure out, you know, which country, where, which which provider is hosting it. I think that Amazon is a great provider that that really gives a good platform. But there's there's tons of other providers out there. So make sure you know the name of that as well. Do do you get asked the question about cloud storage and 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 exactly what it is? Because as you pointed out, Steve, you know, event organizers are very very good at what they do, but a lot of them, by their own admission, would say that they're not overly savvy with the technology side of things and are still learning that aspect and I've certainly come across a lot of people that say I just don't really understand cloud storage is it safe does that mean it can just get hacked into and people can pull my information off well, what's the reality of it and how do you answer that that, that question yeah no it comes up all the time uh, and, and like you say people a lot of people running events are, are not um, and neither should they be um, knowledgeable about about that because it's it's a it is a very you know deep hole you can go into. So we you know we like to to give peace of mind by explaining um, like who who we're you know using for our hosting as I mentioned, um, but we also like to be able to just um, allow them to um, to see that with all of our, our documentation um, it outlines you know exactly what what happens to their data and who where it goes. Um, how it's how it's encrypted when it comes to things like um, credit cards, 
um, all that sort of stuff. So that really gives them peace of mind. Um, often, you know, they think, oh, if but the data would be more secure if it was in their office. Um, you know, and we have to explain to them, well, well, you know, do you have um, people come and audit the way you're stored, and is it, you know, who has access to that room? So they don't often understand the things that get that go into into um, hosting data in the cloud. So if we explain that to them in, in layman's terms, it generally makes them um, a lot happier. And and of course, you know, there's also if you host it in the cloud, there's a massive uh, savings you're making on the IT investment you would have to make personally to kind of get the same level of. Uh, quality that the the data centers are offering, and they're they're doing an amazing job at making backups for you. So they kind of take all of that away from you uh, and and organize it for you. So I think there's a different definitely a benefit there as well. It's it's a good point. There's um you know we often see this a lot where um, corporations, associations, whoever wants to use our software will come to us and and um, they'll say, look, you know, how much involvement does our IT team have to have because they're already overworked and they've got so many other things they're doing, the last thing they want to do is manage another system. And when we explain how it's cloud-based and, and we look after, as Martin said, you know, the, the backups and all of the security and so on, that's actually a, a major plus for them. They think, great, we don't have to get the IT guys involved at all. We can have this managed by somebody else. Well, without wanting to dwell on the subject of, of, of protecting the data too much, um, what I am curious to know again is that both of your companies work on a, on a global level. We're not just dealing with, with the UK or Europe, we're, we're talking global. Um, how does it work when you've got countries with different laws, different regulations relating to data um, in developing systems that work globally so that the company can run you know, consistently across the board, but still maintain the levels that you've got to adhere to in all the different countries that you're operating? Yeah, you know, laws change all the time, especially around privacy. Um, so as a software provider, a global software provider, that's our responsibility to make sure that we we can manage those if it's opt-out or opt-in or whatever those, those laws may be, um, make sure the software handles that. But also, you know, one of the big things that crops up, especially for Euro a European clients, is, you know, where is the data stored? Is it, if it's in the US, um, how does the Patriot Act affect that? Where, you know, after 9-11, the, the Patriot Act was brought in so that um, the US um, government could seize data um, that they thought might be or suspect of, of um, terrorism links, things like that. I think that scared a lot of people and, and, and probably unnecessarily because um, there's actually a lot more laws around that about that has to be subpoenaed and everything else. Um, but to safeguard that and give people peace of mind, uh, there's things like um, um, the Safe Harbor certification, uh, which we have for our software so that you know that the, the data is protected. Uh, and Martin, again, I know that you mentioned earlier that a lot of the work that you do from an integration point of view is often in the background, but, but again, working on a global level, presumably there are still elements that you have to take in, into account working in all these different countries. Yeah, of course. And, you know, like we mentioned, we offer both an on-premise solution and a cloud solution just for that specific reason, that we have certain clients that want to keep the data in their company. Um, if, if that's their preference, we don't want to limit that as, you know, uh, an issue for us. Uh, so we do both options. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it, it's a possibility to uh, offer that. I, I'm... I'm I'd like to take a few minutes to explore the actual relationship between eTouches and Scribe because I understand that there is a working relationship there both as a, as, as a client um, and also as a, a partnership. Um, could we talk a little bit about that and, and, and perhaps how it's worked and look at how the two of you have worked together first of all on the partnership level? Yeah, um, and I, I can certainly um, take a, f a first stab at that if you like because um, I, I was heavily involved in the initial setup of this. Um, you know, one of the challenges we, we have um, at eTouch is, is when clients come to us with third-party systems and they want to be able to integrate those with, with our software. Um, traditionally, 
the way that's been done is to be a, a, a purpose-built native integration between e-touches and, and the CRM or e-touches in the marketing system or e-touches in the financial system, whatever it may be. Um, those native integrations, whilst very important, are also very labor intensive and take a lot more, um, a lot more uh, support and management because uh, not only are we having to worry about what, what changes we make at eTouches as we update the system, but we also have to take into account the changes that the third parties are making when they do an upgrade and then how that affects the integration. So um, to us, Scribe was a perfect fit from an integration partner, partnership perspective because they look after the, the direct dealing with those third parties. We're, we're just, just exposing our, um, our data and our, um, our data points to, um, to, the, to the Scribe platform that, that then looks after um, how that in work in turn with that third party. And I'm sure Martin could probably explain that better than I can. Uh, yeah, a, yeah, a little bit. So that's, that's really, we make sure that we have those um, conversations with all those other uh, software vendors as well, like marketing automation systems, CRM systems, uh, just to keep track of what are they doing with their system? Are they making any changes? And we'll adjust uh, our connectors to any new updates they bring out. And that's really why the relationship with all of those companies is also very important to us to make sure that if they're making any changes that we can make them as quickly as possible so we can hand them to the other partners as well to use those uh, updated integrations because that's kind of what the labor intensity is. It's, it's not building it once, it's maintaining the integration and also dealing with things like errors and, and if anything can happen on both sides, you need to be able to capture that and, and fix it as quickly as possible and the Scribe platform actually does that automatically in the background for you. So that's... Um, and the attractive thing, you know, one of the attractive things to eTouch is about working with Scribe um, as an integration partner was, was the fact that they already have a lot of out-of-the-box, so to speak, integrations with products like um, Marketo, um, Microsoft Dynamics, systems that a lot of our other cl our clients will use and they want to integrate with. So by, able, by being able to integrate with the Scribe platform, that allows us to not have to worry about doing native integrations with all of these things and knowing that it's going to be maintained and updated. So, um, you know, from that perspective, it's it's opened up a lot more, um, or freed up a lot more of our resources developmental-wise to focus on the e-touches aspects as opposed to the integration aspects. Yeah, and, um, and when we were actually yeah. having this, this conversation with e-touches, we actually figured out that they were offering this event solution that actually uh, added some functionality that we were missing in our uh, marketing automation solution. And we really wanted to use that functionality as well. And then we, of course, came into the same kind of questions. So if we have e-touches to do our events with, uh, how do I get that information into the marketing automation system? So we're using our own solution, uh, as a matter of fact, to push that information over. And that really gives marketing the transparency and the reporting options it needs in the marketing automation system. But it still gives us the, the best solutions from the eTouches platform to do things like invoicing people and uh, really doing a lot more around the event, like putting them in the right tracks and sessions. And uh, that, that information is also something we want to share with, with the marketing team. So. Um. You're both um, in London at the moment um, because there was a, an eTouches um, event that took place yesterday. Um, uh, am I right in saying that Scribe are also undertaking their own events as well? Um, yes, you are. Um, but perhaps we could talk about those just very briefly, about the eTouches event and the Scribe events individually and, and what the intention was with, with yesterday's event, Steve. Sure. Um, yesterday's event was part of a, an, an ongoing roadshow series that we've got going globally at the moment. Um, it's like a, a, think of it as a mini user conference uh, where we, we had one in New York um, at the end of June. Uh, this was the second one, which was um, here in London for our UK and, and European clients. Uh, the format was um, 
at, at lunch, get our, get you know 30, 40 people together, um, give give them a, an understanding um, of what we're doing at eTouches with the latest developments, um, a couple of case studies, a couple of partner presentations, just to really fill them in with the, the latest news from, from eTouches and give them a chance to interact and, and meet the executive team. We had most of the executive team out here from the States. Um, <clears throat> and um, uh, you know the feedback we got was, was, was great. The people really enjoyed the engagement, found out a lot of things they didn't know. Um, you know, we're, we're in the events industry and face-to-face -face you just can't beat it. No, no matter what, um, you know, how many times you might do a video conference or everything else, you know, you, you just can't beat face-to-face. -face. As, as we like to say, there's no such thing as a, as a virtual beer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and Martin, some of the events that Scribe are undertaking and, and, and the purposes behind those. So, so those are actually of similar fashion. So we're really looking to connect to our partners as well. In this case, um, we're in London for a more technical event. So uh, we invited uh, our partners and uh, our customers to, to send over their technical people. And you know, we have like two different platforms, as I explained. We have one which is on-premise and one in the cloud. So that's one of the things where we needed a platform like eTouches to actually figure out which way do we want to go. That's, that's customer information which we have in our system, uh, but we need to know this for the event so we can kind of define how big the room should be for each session and, and put those kinds of things in place. So, From a trend point of view, Steve, how do you... Um, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that, that, that you will regularly take input from organizers coming to you to say, here are the issues, here are the problems, here's what we would like to do, can you do it? How do you react as a, as a company the size of eTouches to, to trends, either locally or globally? Because in the UK market, it will have its own trends that develop. It will react itself to global trends in the event industry. Um, how does that work in terms of moving forward? Yeah, it's a, an extremely important aspect of the business. Um, we have to stay current with what's going on. Um, you know, the last five years, mobile has been the, the, the buzz around the events, around the technical side of the events industry. Everybody wants to do more things on their mobile phone. Um, initially, it was, you know, people just wanted an app and they wanted to be able to be at the event and see the, see the agenda and replace the, the printed guide. These days, you know, it's moved on so much more from that where the, the, the mobile device is now a way of interacting and engaging with the, the speakers. It's a way of, of rating things as they happen. Um, it's a way of, of interacting with the attendees and, and gamification and you know, being able to win prizes. And um, it's, it's really opened up um, the, the whole aspect of, of customer and, and client engagement at events. So you know, that's, that's one trend that um, is, has been hot globally for the last few years. You know, the next, next sort of trends we see happening, um, things like data. Uh, you know, we started out talking about data um, and what are we doing with that data and, and why is it important to understand our, our clients better. Um, you know, it's it's all about being able to <clears throat> being able to offer um, relevant information to to your clients. When you're we're all time poor, um, you know, we all get hundreds of, of emails a day. We all get you know spam with this and that. If but if I get sent information that's relevant to me, that that's it's about things I'm interested in. I'm going to take the time to read that. And the only way to, to understand that understand what's relevant to me is to to mine that data that you're collecting from all aspects of events and social feeds and, and everything else. Um, I, I keep flipping backwards and forwards here, but, but something did, did occur to me speaking to you both about your events that you're running as companies, that you're both technology companies delivering digital services fundamentally, um, yet you both still see the value in getting together with your clients face-to-face. -face. Um, this is an interesting topic because we were talking to people on previous episodes of the podcast about um, conferences and, and, and how they will 
rise and fall and, the, and there'll be there'll be patterns in conferences but ultimately regardless of virtual conferencing and being able to skype somebody or do conference calls people still want to get together don't they fundamentally yes that's that's a human nature you know uh, fundamental we want to get together we like to get together and the technology piece is only there to enhance the experience it's, it's not there to replace it um sorry martin we, I, I was going to um just just flip back I've, I've been sent some information here which i'm, I'm going to just refer back to um and this is just a recent announcement in the last couple of days eu and usa agree protection for shared data i don't know if uh, either of you are aware of this but it's um it's certainly relevant to, to what we we're talking about earlier steve the european union and the usa have reached an agreement on how to protect the data that is shared for law enforcement purposes the deal has been under negotiation for years um, and essentially what this is giving is rights to eu citizens to um, take issue with their data being shared over in the USA. So I think that this does fall into you know, cloud storage and, and information being stored over perhaps on, on US servers that, that are relevant to, to events and, and, and customers over in, the, in Europe. Um, interesting that it's come out in the last couple of days. Yeah, and it, it really, um, it might have come out in the media the last couple of days, but as it says, it's been, it's been an issue for years. Um, and, and that's why things like the Patriot Act, um, or the sorry, the, the Safe Harbour certification exists to, to, um, to make sure that the people in Europe are, have peace of mind. Um, but it, even more than that, um, for companies like us, we can't just say, oh yes, we've got this certification or that certification. For some, some clients, it doesn't matter. They're, they're still adamant their, their, their data needs to be stored um, out external to the US, whether it's, it's in their own country or just, just somewhere outside of the US. Um, so, you know, we have to move with those, those requests and so we're, we're actually um, have set up a, a data centre in Australia right now mm -hmm. uh, for, for clients that need that um, with the intention of having um, another data centre also in, in, in Europe as well. I don't know if, if either of you will, will be able to, to tell us because I know that, that, that there is often secrecy surrounding new products and when they're going to come out and that there's research and development that has to be done. But um, is there any information that you can give us in terms of projects that you're working on at the moment that will hopefully come to market via your own uh, platforms uh, in the near future? So I think for Scribe, we're, we're at a very good position where we are right now. So we're really trying to uh, make the product even better for the people that are working in it. And as I said, you know, most people won't even see what it's doing. Uh, so we're really making some, some improvements in the background. And since we're doing data integration, it's all about the speed and the connectivity. So that's definitely what we're working on. We're building, uh, you know, building out the eTouches connector. Uh, we're just starting that and it's, it's going to be, you know, we're going to add more and more functionality there because that's kind of how it works with all the connectors. And uh, I, th I think that's, that's our main uh, point for, for the foreseeable future. And, and at eTouches, we've just um, uh, we've been looking very, very strategically at where we want to be positioned in the next, um, the next you know, coming years. Um, and whilst we've got a, a very robust um, core platform, we, we, we figured there was a couple of pieces that were very important to that that are missing. Um, and so we've recently made a couple of acquisitions, uh, one for a mobile app company doing native apps. We had a, a web-based app uh, for, for years already, but um, having a native app um, rather than, than just referring that off to partners has been a significant um, piece of, of fitting into that core app, the core application we offer. So that's, that's been huge for us. And we're just about to launch um, a, another piece, um, which is the venue sourcing. So when a meeting planner wants to find a, um, the venue they want to take their event to in a, in a city they're not familiar with, being able to source the venues that meet their criteria and, and send the RFPs off. Um, again, that was something we, we would typically refer them to someone else to do. But we, we recognize that as being a very core part of the system. So we're, we've now acquired a company to do that. And we're building that, that piece out now as well. 
exciting times for both of you. Um, thanks for joining Talking Events today. Um, people listening to this, as ever, we invite you to get in touch with the podcast via the at Talking Events Twitter handle um, with questions, with comments, with information on what you're doing at the moment with your own events, with your data, with your CRM systems and how you're integrating that into the different platforms that are out there now. Um, a video of the podcast will be available via the Event Industry News website and also the Event Industry News YouTube channel. It leaves me to thank Martin Westall from Scribe and Steve McKenzie from eTouches for joining the podcast. My name is James Dixon and this is Talking Events. <laughs>